0: Thank you for checking out the Faith City Church Podcast. We believe that you'll be blessed by today's message. And so what I want to do is I want to continue in this series called Now's the Time. And last week I thought it was really important that we start out with this idea of being present. Now's the time to be present. Being present is being available, it's being aware. It's awakening in areas of your life. And, and it's so good because when we find these quiet spaces to just connect with God, it's not some weird, you know, new agey thing. It's, it's not out of the ordinary. It's actually scriptural. And we're told to meditate on his word day and night, right? And so when we find those spaces and we find those places, I believe it really helps us to grow from the inside out. And so today I want to continue with this idea of our thoughts. Now is the time to choose your thoughts. Now is the time to choose your thoughts. If you think about just all the adversity and the crisis and different things that's going on all around us, occurring all around us, I think it's really easy to let fear and anxiety and and worry control our lives if we're not careful. And so, you know, sometimes, for some of us, depending on our season, this can be a daily battle, where something is fighting for your thought life. And how many know it's important what we think on? It's important what we meditate on. And so when we let things like worry come into our life, worry turns into anxiety and anxiety turns into fear. And how many know they're all the same emotion? It's just at different levels. But we see in scripture that we're told not to fear, not to worry, And not to be anxious. You know, the prophet Isaiah says, as an oracle of God, this is God speaking to you. Do not fear. Why? For I am with you. So no matter what situation you go through, God is with us. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, do not worry about your life. Now, doesn't this kind of run counter to what is like an automatic reaction to things? You're like, yeah, I get it. He says, do not fear. He's with me, and Jesus says, do not do not worry about life, but is that really doable? You know, the Apostle Paul tells us in Philippians, do not be anxious, get this, about anything. I still read it sometimes, I'm like, all right, Paul, I know you're saying this inspired by the Holy Spirit, but that's not always easy, but no one said it would be easy. But I do believe this, that Heavenly Father would have no, never told us to do something if we didn't have the ability to actually do it. Does that make sense? He's not just throwing stuff out there and saying, hey, good luck. He's saying this can be done because you're not doing it of your own power, ability, and strength. We can do all things through Christ. I don't have Bruce with me today, so help me out. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Uh, Pastor Chris and I were talking and he sent me this story. It was really interesting. I, I wasn't aware of this story. How many are familiar with Harry Houdini? Yeah. Anyone? You're like, hi, it's, it's, magic. It's no, it's called illusion. He's really good at illusion, but he told me this story and I'm like, is that, is that really true? You know, you never know about pastor Chris. I'm just joking. You, you can trust him. But I started, I started, you know, Googling this. Anyone heard of Google? Yeah, I googled this, and there's all these different stories about this particular thing that happens. In it, I mean, I saw the story in America, I saw it in the UK, uh, I saw it in other places of the world, but it's all based on something that apparently happened. Is he would when he would go into a town to perform his act in order to get people kind of like an appetizer, so to speak, to come to his shows. He would go to the local jail. And he would ask the local you know, constable or policeman or whoever it was, the chief, to lock him in a cell. And then he would perform this act where a lot of times he would be uh, locked in uh, handcuffs as well. So he was really good at getting out of these, these handcuffs in these cells. And so he would do this thing where he'd get out and he could do it pretty quick. And people were like, wow, this is amazing. And they go to the show. Well, he went to this particular city at a particular time. He did his normal thing. He got out of his handcuffs. And he went to work his way out. From what I hear, what he would do is they would search and make sure he had nothing on him. But he actually did have a piece of metal or something he would use that was hidden inside his belt. But he was trying at this for about 30 minutes and couldn't get to work. He's trying and trying. About two hours into it, I mean, he's frustrated. He's sweaty. He's feeling defeated. And he just leans up against the door and it falls open. And the story is, is that the guy thought he was in a trick room. He never locked the door, and so when he was trying, he kept locking himself in and locking. It was just this crazy thing. So, he, yeah, right, right. So he got him. But what's wild about it is I'm thinking this guy is a master at this. This guy could get out of so many different things. But think about this. This is how powerful our thoughts are. The cell door was locked in Houdini's mind. So he struggled to open what was already opened. And see, this is what we do many times in our own life. We're struggling to try and get something that God has already given. We're trying to find peace that's already there. We're trying to somehow experience joy, but it's already there. And so... Sometimes our work is to get outside of the way we think now and renew our mind, as Paul says, which then transforms us into something new. But here's the thing. We talked about this over the Christmas season. Man, I miss the Christmas trees. I miss all the lights. Next year, guys, we'll do it again. What do you say? But I love this idea of a gift. That everything is given as a gift. Pastor Kristen was talking about that today. We don't have to struggle and strive. She wasn't saying there's nothing to do in the kingdom of God. She's saying that when we when we're striving for something we already have, we're missing the point. It doesn't mean that adversity doesn't come. Doesn't come on, adversity comes all the time. I mean, we just went through some adversity, didn't we, Pastor Kristen? So Pastor Kristen was was on a trip to Louisiana hang out with our daughter and our son-in-law and our grandkids, and they had a great time. She got to celebrate her birthday down there, and we got to celebrate it again when you got back up, but she flew in. Guess when she flew in? Friday night. Anyone know what was happening on Friday night? It's weather. If you weren't aware, it snowed a lot, and so I left probably about an hour and 45 minutes, usually from where we live to get to Detroit Metro is about a 50, 55 minute drive. And I knew it would take some time. It took me two hours to get down there driving white knuckled. I could not believe the amount of traffic, but I mean, it was rush hour. And so there's all this traffic and there's all these people. And, and you know what, I think everyone on the road, I don't think they were born or live in Michigan. I think they were from out of state. You ever, you ever look at, I mean, I get stuff happens, but I'm like, why are you going that fast? And why are you acting that crazy? Have you never driven in the snow before, right? And so I white knuckled it all the way down. And you know, I, I'm, I'm a decent driver and I don't really stress about it, but there's still something that happens when all the way you're, you're like extra like aware of what's going on. And so I finally get down there and, and our flight was supposed to get in at 545 or something like that. I get down there about 602. I'm like, oh, and I kept waiting. I'm waiting for a text to come through. We've landed. Well, it never came through. And so I I stop in the area where you normally do for arrivals and I'm just kind of sitting back a little bit waiting for her to show up so she can get her luggage and I can pick her up. Well, time keeps going by and I finally get a text. I don't know if it was maybe 6.15. And she says, we're circling right now. You need to pray because we're not sure if we can land because the, the wind is too high for what's going on. They might be redirecting us to Pittsburgh. I'm like, what is going on right now? I just spent two hours to get through this stuff. What do I do now? And so, you know, the story later, I found out they end up sending them to Columbus, Ohio, because they didn't have enough fuel to get to Pittsburgh. That's a great story, isn't it? But uh, there's a point here. So she finally gets to Columbus, and we don't know if she's going to have to spend the night or what's going on. Finally, they said, okay, the weather's changed. We're going to refuel the plane. But but I know this, we were both in different places going through our own stress. I was trying to figure out, because at this point, I decided, okay, I'm going to turn around and go home. I can't drive to Columbus. This weather, I mean, it's just not smart. So maybe you have to get a place you know, overnight there, a hotel, we'll figure it out. So I'm heading back home through this weather. I'm about 40 minutes away from Detroit Metro, and Pastor Kristen... Uh, calls me and she says, yeah, she says, um, they're going to refuel the plane and send us back. I'm like, okay, so am I turning around now? What? So I turned back around. Needless to say, she made it. She's safe, right? But she was telling me that this is crazy. I've never experienced this. They tried to land twice in Detroit Metro. Like they literally came down touch ground and had to go back up twice. Then they went to Ohio, Columbus airport Two times before they could land, hit, and she, didn't you say the first time it went down, it hit so hard, you swore like a wheel busted off, and then you went back up in the air. Can you imagine how stressful it would be by the time the fourth time happens? She said she had to literally self-talk herself and breathe to get back on that plane to go to Detroit. She's like, I don't know if I want to do this. And some people literally said, nope, and they rented cars to drive home, which in your head doesn't make sense. Here's my point, is no matter what we go through, we can still find inner peace. And here's what I found in that situation is when she first told me, you know, things, things start going through your mind. Like, well, because it's, it's the unknown. And we start thinking, what am I going to do here? I mean, is, is she ended up in Pittsburgh? Is she going to be in Columbus? Do I have to drive down there tomorrow? All these things happen. And I think it's because I've been working on this inner self. And even with this message, I had literally, before I went to pick her up, had pretty much put my message together for Sunday and was going over, just getting blessed up. It was awesome. But it was in that moment I went, you know what? You can find peace right now, right here, no matter the situation. Because here's the thing, you can't control what happens. There's times you can't control what happens in the outcome. But what I can control is my response to those situations. And so literally out loud in the truck with snow coming down and getting texts, I said to myself, hey, we're going to work this out. I literally said, Andrew, this will be worked out. Why? Why? Why stress about something I can't change? Does that make sense? And so I share that story to say that a lot of things are kind of going through your mind in situations like this. But whether it's that story or the story of Houdini, I love these ideas and these stories because it reminds us just how powerful our thoughts are. And think about this. God knows this. He knows us. He created us in his image and likeness. And he exhorts us to change our thoughts, to renew our minds. Our Father, our Heavenly Father, tells us that the way we overcome worry and we overcome anxiety is by focusing on him. There's something so powerful about taking time to focus on that connection you have with God. When we focus on him, we realize that, get this, worry and anxiety and fear aren't our default in life. God is our default. That doesn't mean that things... See, this is kind of where it gets weird sometimes because people, I've heard preachers go, man, you don't have any cares anymore. No, they try to come at you. But we have this choice. And so what we're doing, first of all, is we're learning how to meditate and be quiet and be still. But in those moments, we're saying, okay, maybe there's a thought, a rogue thought, a rogue idea, a lie that I'm believing about myself or God or about my circumstances in that place where can I find peace? How can I, let me put it this way, how can I put on the mind of Christ? You know that the Bible says to put on the mind of Christ? That's pretty powerful. Literally, what, 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 what Scripture is telling us is to, to, how do I put this so it makes sense? To bring yourself to a higher level of thinking. Does that make sense? Outside, we talked about it last week, outside of what even reality is telling us. It doesn't mean things aren't really happening But there's something that goes so much deeper than that. Because now's the time to choose our thoughts. And and when I put this title together, I'm saying this on purpose because we have a choice. We have a choice on what we what we feed ourselves, what we think on, what we meditate on. You know, Proverbs 4, verse 23 says this. Carefully, what's that first word? Carefully guard your what? Your thoughts. Why? Because they are the source of true life. Carefully guard your thoughts. There's so many thoughts externally that are always trying to get through to us. And this isn't some, ooh, just wish it, you know, existential thing. This is a scriptural thing. Carefully guard your thoughts. What are you allowing into your mind? What are you dwelling on? What are you meditating on? And so we have to ask ourselves questions like, why do I do the things I do? Why do I say the things that I say? Why do I react to situations in life rather than respond? Why do I think the way that I think? And so what happens is we come to this realization that my thoughts in life matter. My thought life really matters. And what I meditate on will eventually come out out of the abundance of the heart. We could say the mind, what we think on, out of the abundance that we speak, out of the abundance of our heart, our actions come out of that. Does this make sense? And so thinking and meditating on the negative doesn't change the situation. I've had people tell me this over and over, and it's taken so long to realize this. But for me, people say it doesn't change the situation. But I realize for me, at least my experience, if I just continue to meditate on the negative and all the things that could happen, it actually makes it worse. Because I'm not able to tap into the peace and the joy that God has already given me. In fact, sometimes I make hasty, wrong decisions because I'm in the midst of adversity. Is anyone without a show of hands? Come on, we've all been there. And so even whether it's a decision financially or a decision on what you should do for your family or even a decision on how you should respond to somebody in conversation, sometimes we make the wrong decisions. And so, you know, in these examples I've given you, in these stories, for me, I had to determine in my mind to think on positive solutions and answers. What are we going to do? through this because I can't change the circumstances Uh, I got another story for you Um, some of you are familiar with this but years ago I'd say probably around maybe even 11 12 sometime as an early teen um, I actually developed ingrown toenails has anyone had an ingrown toenail aren't they fun if you've never had one you just don't know but I had two. <laughs> I had one in each big toe. And, you know, at the time, growing up, we didn't have insurance, any medical insurance, and so we did the best we could. I remember I would soak them every night, and I would try to cut at them and, you know, take them out as much as I could. But I could that'd be crazy trying to get down to the bed of the nail, right? And so finally, later in life, I had just gotten tired of it because literally I could be walking through the house, and I could just kind of like, you know, just make maybe trip on something. Most people were like, oh, no big deal. no. It would hurt so bad, like it would put me to the ground. I swore that my brother Jason used to, on purpose hit my foot when he would go by. I know he really didn 't, but I'd be like, "Dude, you know because it would literally put me to the ground that 's the pain I would have have and it wasn 't just an ingrown toenail, I mean it was infected. there was issues right It hurt, and so finally, later in life, I said that 's it. So I went to a foot doctor I say, foot doctors are good. Doctor. hallelujah. I went to a foot doctor and um, you know, when he looked at it, he says, well, we can definitely get some, do some surgery and get this taken out. He says, but right now, he says, it's, it's so toxic. It you know, has so many issues. I'm going to have to give you a round of antibiotics. We need to bring that swelling down and that toxicity. Um, otherwise, it's going to be painful. Um, you know, the anesthetic that I put in probably won't even work. Did you know that? I'm like, okay. So I get on a round of antibiotics. I finally go on the scheduled day, and he's like, all right, he's prepping me. We're getting ready. I'm a little nervous. I don't know what to expect. And so he, he gives me the anesthetic, and then he says, you know, there's a little infection in there. I think we'll be good. He says, I'm just going to give you an extra shot for good measure. I'm like, thanks, doc, an extra shot. Now, by that time, I'll be honest, I mean, he could, you know, flick it, whatever. And I was like, yeah, we're good to go. And so he ends up cutting that, that nail out. And, and right down to the root takes it out and he showed it to me. I was like, that's crazy, right? Well, different doctors do it different ways. They want to somehow the the, the growth bed there, they want to uh, kill that off so it won't grow. And so some can use like acid and then some of them use laser. Well, he did laser. He goes, this is the, by far the best. And so he was down there, and I saw him pull the laser. He goes, all right, we're going to laser this. And he hits the button, and I literally go, Oh, like that. And he goes, whoa, 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 you're joking, right? Like he was thinking I was joking. I said, dude, that was hot. He goes, yeah, it's over 1,000 degrees. I can't believe you felt that. Why did I feel it? Because there was still infection present. It didn't allow the anesthetic or the medication to do what it needed to do. Does that make, is this is a great story. You like this story? But that story for me was kind of one of those pivotal points where I started to realize that, that when, when toxins, whether it be within our body or within our soul are present, it makes it really hard to heal. Because what is a toxin? Anything containing poisonous material capable of causing sickness or even death. But here's the thing. Sometimes I believe our thought life is in the same state. We've had so many toxic thoughts. And it's not, it's not necessarily our fault. Maybe you grew up in a family that never encouraged you. And in fact, maybe it was as, went as far as to say you'll never amount to anything. Maybe you've been in, in situations and in work situations or, you know, relationships with people where you're just told that you're worthless or you're nobody or you're, giving, you're given lies, you're fed lies. And here's the thing, whether it's a lie or not, there's many things that are truth to us. Whether they're truth or not, they're truth to us. And I believe in this thought process, in this thought life, God wants to to overshadow us in a way to start to help us to see the truth of what's really going on. The Apostle Paul says that God is love, but he also says that God is light. What does light do? It exposes things. It reveals things. And so there's many times in my life when I would react to someone in a certain way. I would feel triggered. I've learned to go, okay, Holy Spirit, what's going on in here? There's, there's a trigger within me. I don't know why. But why am I reacting rather than, than you know, rationally responding within the, in this situation? You ever been there? And you you ask yourself, why did I say that back to them like that? Oh, have you ever like literally said something you're trying to grab the words as they're coming out of your mouth because you know as soon as you do it's going to cause an issue? Let me tell you something. When we change our thought life, you begin to see what you speak change. change. I'm telling you, it works. And so this thought life is so important. And so in that situation of toxicity, we can't seem to heal from hurt, words of rejection, thoughts of depression, thoughts of being unworthy, any other issues because of what? This toxicity. And so depending on where our thought life is, again, we're on a journey, right? Maybe in certain situations, we can make wise decisions. Maybe we can use discretion in in how to handle this. Or other times, maybe we just go right to fear right to worry, right to anxiety. And I'm telling you, it's because of toxic thinking. And so God, because of his great love for us, is saying, I know exactly how you're made. I know exactly how you tick. This is so cool. And what's really cool, the more that I've not just studied scripture, but even looked into the science of and the study of the brain and how that works and the psychology of it, it's like we're slowly catching up to what God has already known the whole time. And so these are important tools that we can use. Are you with me? Now is the time to choose our thoughts. So how do we deal with toxic thoughts? I want to look again at Proverbs 4.23. It says, carefully guard your thoughts. Why? Because they are the source of true, say true, the source of true life. That, that word life there in the Hebrew means active, means alive. It means fresh. It means reviving. Now, that sounds like a good way to live, doesn't it? We have the ability to choose thoughts that are a source of life. But we also have the ability to choose thoughts that don't lead to life. But God wants us to have lives that are active, fresh, and reviving. Uh, the Apostle Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, he says, For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. Some of you are probably familiar with the scripture. But look at this. But divinely powerful for what? For the destruction of fortresses. Now, some translations say strongholds. Now, think about the word stronghold. In verse 5, he says this, We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. And look at this, we are taking every what? Thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Do you see here? There's a choice. We can choose at any moment. When I was sitting there wondering, first of all, if if Kristen was going to land, I mean, how many know things go through your mind? I mean, If they've tried to land a few times and they're going back up in the air, I mean, the last time you landed, you just kind of were there and you weren't looking outside and there was a lady next to you, bless her. She was great, wasn't she? Because she said every negative thing in the world that could be said. It was awesome. But she said at one point, she goes, we literally came in sideways when we landed. Now we found out later that when crosswinds are happening, it's actually called the crab landing. Did you know such thing existed? Apparently Ed did. He's shaking his head yes. But it's a crab landing where you literally come in sideways and then you straighten out the end. Thank God you had a thirty a pilot who had 30 years experience. But see, he was, he was fighting against those things. And so in that moment when I wasn't sure, like, I'll be honest, some, some bad thoughts went through my head. I'm like, I, I hope she lands. I hope the plane lands in one piece. I mean, these things happen, and I had to find that place and say, I'm going to take this thought captive right now. And in that moment, I immediately said, you know what, God? You've got her. Your protection is around her. This is going to work out. We've got a plan. I'm going to see my wife again. Right? We, we all have moments, maybe not as bad as that or maybe worse than that, but in those situations, we can take those thoughts captive. To what? To the obedience of Christ. Paul's saying it's not a battle against people. It's not even a battle against culture. This is spiritual by nature. Why, Pastor? Because everything is spiritual. Everything is spiritual. Everything has a connection to this source of life. But, but get, get this, not everyone knows that they're connected. Does that make sense? I love this. Eugene Peterson puts this so well in the message. He says, The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation. He says, We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God. Listen to this next line. I love this. Fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. Isn't that awesome? This is the way we can live. And that word stronghold, when he's saying that this God-powered tool, these tools that God has given us, is to destroy these strongholds, a stronghold literally in the original language means anything upon which one relies. So when you are relying on something, you make that the ultimate thing. You make that the thing or your go-to or your set point, whether it's negative thoughts, fearful thoughts, discontented thoughts, critical thoughts. So what do we do in order to begin to destroy those strongholds, to tear down and take captive those thoughts that aren't from God? I say it like this, poison control. You know, just like those antibiotics will clear up that toxicity so that healing can occur. Romans 12, 2, the Apostle Paul says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. He's not talking about people. He's talking about a system. He's talking about a way of thinking, a way of speaking, a way of doing. He says, don't conform to that pattern, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. Look at the person next to you and say, it's time to think differently. It's time to change our thoughts. So number one, say number one. There's three quick ways here that I believe we can begin to uh, work on changing our thought life. Number one, identify and reject toxic thoughts. Identify and reject toxic thoughts. Let me say this. Half the battle is identifying. Some of us in our life, and for those of you who may be perfect, you see people like this. They can't identify when they're living in a negative way, when they're living in a negative thought pattern. I mean, I've met people like this that no matter what you say, even if it's a great, good thing, they always find something negative. Have you ran across someone like this? You're at a party, you're at work, and it's like... And inside, you're kind of like, my gosh, man. Like, it becomes almost depressing. But, but it's not that that person is an evil, bad person. They just can't identify that there's even something going on. This is what they live in. Some people literally thrive off negativity. Like, if nothing negative happens on the news or on the job or in their family, they're like, man, like, life feels unfulfilled. I know that sounds crazy, but it's true. And so, you know, the first thing we have to do is identify. Once we identify something, then we can reject that toxic thought. One of my favorite, absolute favorite scriptures for this idea of thoughts, and this has stuck with me since I first found it, is in Jeremiah 12.3. Listen what Jeremiah says here. This is, like, right to the point. He says, yet you know me, Lord. You see me and you test my what? Thoughts about you. What does he want God to do with negative thoughts? Look at this. Drag them off like sheep to be butchered. Set them apart for the day of slaughter. We say like set them apart for the day of slaughter. <laughs> but, but I love this because, what the, I mean, this was thousands of years ago. And Jeremiah realized, I've got some messed up thinking. I got some thoughts that just don't line up with God's thoughts. And he literally says, drag them off like sheep to be butchered. I know that's really strong language. But listen, sometimes we have to get really strong about what we choose to think on. Sometimes we have to, and it takes, it takes work, if you will, to say no I mean, even in that situation with Kristen, there was, a, there was a few times that I had to go, nope, I'm not going there with my thought life. I choose to speak life. I choose to see a successful landing. Come on. And I know she was glad I was praying along with it. You said when you went back in, uh, when you were walking on the plane going back in, you said your knees or your legs were like jello. Like it was just, she goes, the most stressful thing ever. I can't imagine that. But it's in those moments that we have to go, okay, this is where deep breath exercises come coming really, really good, you guys. And just, okay, you know what, God? I trust you. The Apostle Peter said, cast your cares on him because he cares for you. Cast those cares, cast those worries and fears in that situation on him. It doesn't mean that the situation is fun. It doesn't mean it's good. It doesn't mean it's just or right. But in the midst of that, right, we make these decisions. So, identify and reject toxic thoughts. Number two, replace. Say replace toxic thoughts with truth. This is important because even Paul in Romans twelve two, when he says this, that we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. That word in the Greek renew is it literally means to renovate. Now, how many have ever done a renovation on their kitchen or the bathroom or in their home or something, or, or have watched the shows on TV? They do it all the time, right? You, you, you take the old out, but how many know that if you take everything out of your kitchen and don't put anything back in, what's the use? So what do you usually do? I'm putting in new countertops. It's going to be granite now instead of Formica. I'm going to put in a new stove. I'm going to put it... Why? Because we're upgrading. We're putting in new things. Listen, rejecting the thought or taking the thought out is one thing, but number two, we need to replace those toxic thoughts with truth. And Paul gives us a great guideline for this in Philippians. He says... And this is cool because the first portion of this, before verse 7, he's talking about not worrying about anything. He says, but in all things make prayer and petition unto God. So no matter what we do, part of prayer is saying, God, I've got this stuff. I want to release this. I want to cast this to you. Why? He goes on to say, and in that moment, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Sometimes we stop there. Look what the next verse says. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, what, if anything, is excellent or praiseworthy, what's the next three words? Think about such things. Here's Paul, 2,000 years ago. Spent a lot of time. We talked last week about his testimony being caught up into the third heaven, caught up into another reality, seeing things differently. He, he had some supernatural revelation downloaded, and even things that he would write and speak about, the Apostle Peter says, man, sometimes we can't even understand what this Paul dude's saying, but they knew it was from Holy Spirit. And so he's saying, listen, your thought life matters. Now, did you notice that he doesn't say to ignore what's going on and pretend like the circumstances aren't there? This is not about sweeping stuff under the rug. Listen, true faith is not pretending like what's happening isn't happening. I knew it was happening in any given situation with my wife in the flight, you know, with, with my toe. These different stories that we have in life. But what we have to see here is it's not ignoring those things. What he's saying is that even in the midst of what's happening, the adversity, anything coming against you, think on the true, the noble, the pure, the lovely, right? The list goes on and on. But why is it that we think on these things? To replace toxic thoughts with truth in order to begin to think about what God says about you and your circumstances. Are you, are you tracking with me? Get this, when we replace toxic thoughts with truth, what happens? What happens? We make better decisions. You know, in, in situations that 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 get you into an emotional state or a frenzy, it's good to find that place of peace because then you make better decisions. We stay in joy, we stay in peace. Those things that are already there, but we're actually able to see them unveiled in our heart. So number one, identify and reject toxic thoughts. Number two, replace toxic thoughts with truth. And number three, we're gonna end on this. This is big. Listen to Holy Spirit. Listen to Holy Spirit. This this has been a radical thing for me in the last several months. It's being able to just be quiet and listen. Now, I don't know what your background is. I don't know what denomination you're from. I'm not talking about clouds forming and voices of thunder coming out of clouds. I'm talking about an inner knowing. We all have this. Some people actually, I believe at times, will hear something and not even know it's God. Because God's always speaking. I've told this story before, but there's been several times in my life where because I've taken some time in those quiet spaces, I can recognize something when it's not just my thinking. I don't know how else to put it. I know it sounds odd, but it's just you know that you know that something's, something in the inside is being spoken to you. And so I've had a lot of these instances where it saved me, like, from trauma or bad things. I tell the story about little Aiden. I mean, um, I, had, I was working on something in the house. I needed to run to the hardware. Mo, you're familiar with the story. And, and so I'm like, okay, I, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm just a personality. I'm focused on stuff. Right, I'm like, I talked last week, the dad who, they're having a whole conversation, I'm like, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, wait a minute, what did you just say for five minutes? But I was in one of those moments, I was focused, I had to get something done, and I ran out to the truck, I put the keys in, I turned the truck on, I I went to put it in in reverse, and literally, I, I felt something say, stop. I'm like, that was weird. So I stopped for a minute, and I'm like, okay. Went to put it in reverse again, and I just felt something inside, Stop. Like, this, this doesn't make any sense. So I look around. I don't see anything. And I'm like, well, let me get out of the truck and look. I get out of my truck. I walk around the back, and there's little Aiden, like two or three years old, playing behind my truck with a little toy. I didn't know he was there. I'm glad I heard that still small voice. And guess what? I'm not special because I have pastor in my title. God can speak to all of us in that way. So there's, listen, God's always trying to, to, to help us out, to work things out. Again, it's not because I'm special. I don't want to owe oh, that story. It's because you're Pastor Andy. No, no, no. It's because I happen to listen to that still small voice. Listen to Holy Spirit. Psalm 4610, it says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The New American Standard Bible says, stop striving and know that I am God. But, but this word here in the Hebrew, be still, this phrase, is the word rafa, and it means to withdraw, to relax, and to be quiet. Interesting. It's just what we talked about last week. It's finding spaces to just be quiet. I'm not saying there aren't times that we have lists or cares and we talk to God, but I think a lot of us have lost the... Ability lost the, the art, so to speak, of just being quiet. The art of silence and listening. And again, can you see this as scriptural? This isn't weird. It's not new agey. It's just weird to us because we're not used to it. Last week, I paused for effect. Remember that when I said being quiet feels awkward? And I, I must have paused for 10 to 12 seconds and I could feel awkwardness because we're not used to that. So be still, withdraw, relax, be quiet, and know. That word know in in the original language, the Hebrew there, is to become known or to perceive. God isn't saying that, well, you know, I'm going to become something and you'll finally see it. He's saying, what I already am, in those moments of stillness, you'll begin to see, to perceive. I will become known to you. Isn't that beautiful? And the thing that we sometimes can't understand because we didn't live thousands of years ago in this time is that God's in this time to most every other nation never said to be still, to draw near, to know me. It was simply do what I say to do, offer your sacrifice, including your firstborn children, and maybe I'll help your crops. Maybe I'll help you give birth, you know, or, or the, the, the gift of procreation. This God was different. Draw near to me. Be still and know me. So I, sometimes we lose, I guess, really what's going on here is this is a God who wants to be known, who wants to reveal himself to us. And I think that's beautiful. Now, last week we talked about finding time and space to withdraw, to relax and be quiet. And again, I'll just say it again. This is completely scriptural and it's necessary. This is a great place to begin to learn the voice of God. Again, it's not some weird audible thing. And I've often said this, that we all, we're all we all created with different personalities in different ways. For some of us, it's an inner knowing. There's just different ways that we hear God. But be open to that. And don't be afraid of that. John 16, 13 says, but when he, the spirit, of, the spirit of truth comes, he will what? Guide you into all the truth. It's the spirit that guides us in the truth. Here's the thing about toxic thinking. It can take us out. It's a vision and dream killer. It's a relationship wrecker. It's a joy and a peace stealer. And I know this, that God desires for us to experience his peace and his joy. And it's in these moments that we can. But it all starts with changing our thinking. Right? Meditation is God's idea. Why? Because he knows us. He knows that our choices, our words, and our actions are all a result of what we meditate on. And so again, that's why Paul encourages us. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, what does he say? Think about such things. So number one, identify and reject toxic thoughts. Number two, replace toxic thoughts with truth. And number three, what is it? Listen to Holy Spirit. Will you stand with me? That minister to you today? If there's only one thing you walk away with today, I want it to be this, that our thought life is a choice. It's something we can choose. What do we choose to think on? And for some of us, maybe even here, you know, as I was speaking, Holy Spirit was speaking to you, saying, hey, it's time to carve out some time. It's, ca- it's time to uh, lay down some of those things. It's time to turn some things off right now for a season. Right? we could say fast those things you know fasting's not a bad thing right fasting for the body helps your body heal right if you study that out i mean there's there's certain things that happen after 18 hours of, of fasting you know autophagy starts to clean your cells and 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 restructure unfolded proteins i mean this is something physical that happens but think about our our soul life it's so important that we understand it's good at times to fast some things, that take some time and just be quiet. It's not because of legalism. It's because it's necessary. I often say this, if something is legalistic, this is how you know you feel obligated to do it. I have to do it or else. But how you know it's true spirit is it's inspired. You're inspired by God to say, you know what? I need to do some things for myself because I care about myself. And so I'm going to take time, whether it's physical, whether it's soul. But I've often seen this. If we get the soul right, other things start to fall in line. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for really this opportunity we have this morning. No matter how cold it is outside, we have the warmth of your love. We know that you're with us, Holy Spirit, and we together, corporately, are being reminded of how much you care about us. I pray that for those of us who have maybe been struggling with our thought life, that maybe this has been an answer, that maybe this is a way we can begin to renew the mind, to transition from negative thoughts and toxic thinking into thinking on how you think about us, how you think about the world and the things that, that you see, that we're open and willing to awaken to maybe a new way of seeing things. But ultimately, it's because you desire to bring healing into our lives. That's what salvation is. It's healing, preservation, safety, deliverance. And it takes a lifetime of journey to deal with certain facets in our life. And so maybe just making one small step today to say, I'm going to find just a few minutes to be quiet and listen. If it feels awkward, if it feels off, it's okay. I'm going to try it again the next day and then the next day and then the next day. And I know, Heavenly Father, through experience that this leads to healing for our soul, healing in our thought life. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Isn't God good? For more information about Faith City Church, please go to faithcity.tv. As always, we pray that you would grow in the knowledge and grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.